Thank you for joining us here at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. Please take a moment to submit your story to info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc give to find the giving options that work best for you. We have an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that the preacher being prepared to preach is important. But the hearer being prepared to receive may be even more important. Because the preacher doesn't have to be, I don't have to be good. I have no pressure to be good. I know you have the best preachers on the planet, so I'm in competition with nobody. I don't have to be good. You know why? Because God's word is always good. And the Bible says his word will never, ever, ever return void. So while it's important for the preacher to be prepared, here's what I've learned. When a farmer puts seed in the ground, the seed that he puts in the ground is not as important as the soil that it enters into. You're the soil. You being prepared is even more important than me being prepared. Because God's word doesn't return void. He's got seed he wants to drop in you this morning. Have you prepared to receive the seed? Come on, just, just lift your hands like this and say, Lord, I'm hungry. Where I'm not prepared, prepare me now. Help me to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. How many need a miracle? Say yes. I want to talk to you today real quickly about how to prepare for a miracle. Preparation is really important. You know what your preparation, my preparation is? Listen, preparation is just your proof, your proof, my proof, that we will steward well what God wants to do in our lives. When you prepare for what you're believing God to do, you're saying, God, I, this is my preparation is my proof that I will handle well, that I will steward well what it is you want to do in my life. So I want to just continue in this vein of, of the book of Joshua and tell you um, a, a, little, a little path that, that God led is, Israel in to pursue and prepare for their miracle. Just three simple points. Because preparation is really important. In the same way that God gave us the Lord's Prayer, sometimes we use the Lord's Prayer as something we do out of recitation and we just, we just recite it and, 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 and act as if God gave us this prayer to recite. God didn't give us the Lord's Prayer as something to recite. God gave us the Lord's Prayer as a pattern so we would know how to pray. And in the same way, God gives Israel this pattern of how to prepare and receive a miracle. Because you know the story, you've talked about it. God had already given them one miracle, but for whatever reason, they walked out of one miracle and refused to walk into the next miracle. So they spent the next 40 years running, running around the wilderness, not running to the next miracle, but running from the next miracle. And God finally one day speaks up to Joshua, and he says, Joshua... I want to take you into this next season, but there's some things that you're going to have to do to show me that you're prepared, to, to tell the people how to prepare for this next miracle. And this is what God says in Joshua chapter 6. 
He says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one came out. It just seemed impossible. Anybody ever been in an impossible situation? Seemed like there's no way in, there's, there's no way out. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with the kings and all the fighting men. He says, march, or your Bible may say walk around the city once with all the armed men. Do it for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. He says, on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing their trumpets. When you hear the sound of the long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up. Everyone will go straight in. Then if you skip on down to verse 20, here's what it says. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the trumpet, at the sound of the trumpet, when the men have given the loud shout, the walls collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Anybody have some ground you want to take back from the devil today? Just need to take some, some ground back? Well, let me, let me ask you a question first. Is it, is it possible... Do you, do you believe it's possible to see something before you see it? See, that's what God says. He says, Joshua, I have given. In, in the past tense, he says, I have already given you the city. Before they ever took a step, before they ever blew the trumpet, before they ever shouted, he said, I have given you the city. And here's what I know. We all have miracles that we need in our lives today. But the problem, it's a, it's a, a fundamental problem, is that we all want to see it before we believe it. The, the problem is that God wants us to believe it and believe that we've received it before we see it. So the, the question that I have for you today and. Is, am I delusional to ask you to believe for something that you've not yet seen? And see, God, he gives them these three steps, real simple steps. I want to give them to you today. And the first one is, he says, I want you to see. Number one, he says, Joshua, he says, see. You have to see that it exists before you see it. And God says to Joshua, see, I've already given you Jericho. And what we have to remember is when God says this to Joshua, God is, is looking from, from the lens of eternity. And remember, in eternity, there, there is no, no time. And it's really interesting when you begin to study this in the Hebrew because you begin to, to realize that the Hebrew scholars, they had a, a term for language such as this in the Bible. And the term that Hebrew scholars use is, is this word, they call it the prophetic perfect. It's the prophetic perfect tense. It means, that, it means that what God has, has already said, what, what God has, has promised in his word, he already sees in the spiritual world. When, when scholars look at language like this, it, it's like the Bible says, by his stripes you've already been healed. Scholars call that the prophetic perfect. Not the prophetic present, not the prophetic past, but, but they, they refer to that as the prophetic perfect. In other words, what, what you see in the future, God sees in the present. Yeah. 
And God uses this language with Joshua. He says, see, not S-E-A, like the ocean. He says, but see with your eyes. He said, see, I have already given this land to you. I've given it to you. But our shifting in, in, the, in our thinking has to take place. We have, to, we have to begin to see that what God has promised in his word is already true in the spiritual world. If God said it's true in his word, then, then it already exists. By his stripes, you, you've already, already been healed. But you have to see it before you see it. Come on, can anybody in here see what you haven't yet seen? Then, then the second step is, is after you, you see it, he says you have, to, you have to walk like it exists before it exists. He says, I want you to see, see that I've already given it to you. Then he says, walk. I want you to walk around the city one time for six days. And on the seventh day, I want you to walk around the city seven, seven times. I want you to walk around the city in silence. Don't say a word. How many know sometimes saying nothing is better than saying anything? Uh, there's a reason God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? Because sometimes it's better to listen than it is to speak. And how many know it's okay to walk in silence? You don't always have to be talking. You don't always have to be praying. You don't always have to be praising. You don't always have to be sh shouting. Sometimes you can just be quiet. And that's what God says. For six days, I want you to say not a word. Don't praise. Don't pray. Don't shout. Just walk. Because there's something powerful about, about walking. God, God had told Joshua, he said that he had already, in the past, he said, I have already given you this land. Nothing had changed in the present, but God said, I want you to go ahead and start walking like you own it. Now, here's, what, here's what's interesting. When you go back in Hebrew, the article of ownership, this is, God is so smart. Because in Hebrew, God already knew that the article of ownership to the Hebrew people was their shoes. Like for you, what's the article of ownership of your home? Your key, right? I got the key to the house, baby. It's mine, right? What's the article of ownership to the car you drove in today? Your keys, right? This key means it's mine. But in that day, the article of ownership was their shoes. Now, nothing had changed, but God said, I want you to start, I want you to start walking as if you already own it. What Israel was doing that we so often forget is as they were walking around that building, they were walking around it like it was already theirs. See, they, they saw it before they could see it. They walked around it like it was theirs before it was actually theirs. What are you saying, Scott? Here, here's all I'm saying is sometimes, sometimes you have to let your faith be seen through your feet. Somebody said one time, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. <laughs> See, some, sometimes you've got you to gotta exercise your, your faith through your feet. Sometimes you just have to, to walk around your miracle before it exists. When your kids aren't living for Jesus, you just walk around their bedroom like they're already living for Jesus. When your marriage is a mess, you just don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. You don't walk away. You just walk around your marriage like it's the marriage that God promised you and you've been dreaming of. You hadn't seen your healing yet, but, but you see your healing. So you just walk around it like you've already received it. You have to put your faith to action through your feet. God said, I want you to walk around it like it exists before 
it even exists. He said, you don't say a word. You don't say a negative word. You don't say a fearful word. You don't say why me words. You don't say woe is me words. You just walk around it with the peace and the joy and the confidence that you know you don't see it, but you see it. You don't have it, but it already exists in the spirit. And I'm walking around it like I own it because my feet is my oracle of ownership. I don't have it yet, but I'm walking around it like it's already mine because God said that I could have it. So he said, first of all, you got to see it. He said, then you've got to walk around it. And the third one is critical. And that is you've got to worship or you've got to praise like it exists before it exists. You, you, you remember the story very, very well. This is, this is critical because God says, now, after you've seen it, after you've walked around it, he said, now, I want you to shout as if the Lord has already given you the city. At the appropriate time, that's it. It, it, it was at the appropriate time. He said, Joshua was, was, was told by God, at, at the appropriate time, when the priests blow the trumpets, and it says thousands of people shouted. I don't know. They might have said, Hallelujah! I don't know what they said. They might have said, fall, wall, fall. I don't know what they said. But at the right time, they opened up their mouths that had been closed, and they began to praise the Lord. And immediately, the Bible says that the walls come tumbling. You remember the song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. You remember the song, and the walls came tumbling down. Now, you know what's crazy about that song? Archaeologists, the Bible didn't say this, I didn't say this, God didn't say this. Archaeologists who have actually studied the fallen walls of Jericho, this is what they say. Believing and non-believing archaeologists say the same thing. They studied the walls when they fell. They said it was as if an invisible hand from the inside, watch this, pushed the walls outward rather than inward. And I read that, listen, I was this morning, this morning I was in my hotel on my treadmill and I was going through my sermon and I read that one more time and I begin to feel like my God that's what he wants to do today he's going to reach on the inside of you why because greater is he that's in you than anything that's going on around you and when the archaeologist said hey he's going to reach from the inside and he's going to push some things down I began seeing I began seeing mental health fall to the wayside addiction fall to the wayside marriages fall that were that, that had been all but down had all the, the the stuff that the enemy had caused on the inside he pushed them away and they begin to rise up on the inside why why is that possible because not greater is he that is around you but greater is he that is in you than anything that is going on around you so when the one that is in you rises up in you, he just pushes the other stuff out of you. And that's what I'm believing God to do in this place this morning. I'm believing that there's going to be some people who are going to say, I see it. I'm willing to walk around it. And I'm willing to shout like it's mine even before I see it being mine. See, there's, there's something powerful about a shout. There, there's something powerful about knowing when to shout. And when not to shout. Because sometimes we just shout to cover stuff up. And how many know the shout of a cover-up is just a cover-up? 
But when we shout at the appropriate time, after we've said, God, I can see it exist even before it exists. I can walk around it like it's already mine even before it, it appears to be mine. And I'll shout whenever you tell me to shout. There's something, there's something powerful about shouting and, and praising at the right time. You remember Paul and Silas when they were in prison? They had been beaten. They had been thrown into the, the, the bottom of the prison where the sewage was. Everything, everything was a mess around them. And Paul said, Silas, I think it's time to shout. And what happened when they began to shout and praise at the right time? The, the, the doors of the jail flung up. And, you, you remember the story? You, you remember the story? You remember the woman with the issue of blood? You remember her? She just, at the appropriate time, she just got tired. She just got tired of her issue. Anybody got some issues that you're tired of? Listen, when you get, when you get tired of your, you, you know you can't, you, can't, um, you can't be healed of something that you're willing to tolerate. And when the woman with the issue of blood just got tired of tolerating her issue, she said, I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. And she forgot about the crowd. Popular opinion didn't matter. She just pressed into Jesus. She said, he doesn't have to lay hands on me. He doesn't have to pray for me. I just have to touch him, and I believe that I'll be healed. Powerful. These are the, these are the three steps. That God gave Israel to prepare for a miracle. You got to see. You got to walk. And you got to shout. You got to see it before you can see it. You got to walk around it like you own it before you really own it. And then you got to praise him like it's yours. Before it actually looks like it is yours. How many believe those steps will work for you? Hey, it worked for, it worked for blind Bartimaeus. If the, if the team will come, I'm going to go ahead and pray if that's all right. It, it worked for blind Bartimaeus. You remember him? He just got tired of being blind. You remember he cried out, Lord Jesus, have mercy. And what did the crowd do? What did the disciples do? What did the, hey, shh, shh. This isn't the appropriate time for a shout, right? But when he got tired of his issue... When, when, listen, when his desire to be well became bigger than his issue, he was made well. But so many times our, our disability and our dysfunction and our disease is bigger than our desire. And as long as you walk through life with your dysfunction and your disability and your disease being bigger than your desire, you'll never be healed. You remember when Jesus walked up to the lame man at the gate? Why did Jesus say, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be well? Because Jesus understood he couldn't heal somebody that needed to be healed. He could only heal somebody that wanted to be healed. I mean, there's lots of things going on that we need to be healed from. But, but he doesn't do his work in people that need it. He does it in people that desire it. And when you desire it, you begin to press into it. Because, you know, I, I, say, I say it all the time that your, your faith journey, my faith journey, that you're... you're 
your journey of faith doesn't really begin until you begin to believe, until you are convinced that it already exists in the spiritual world even before you see it in the natural world. See, I hear people say all the time, well, I hope God does it. Well, I hope God will do it. You know, as long as you're hopeful, you're not yet on your spiritual journey. You, you only begin your faith journey when you believe that God's already done it even before you see it. Is this making sense to anybody? You see why it's so important to be prepared for a miracle? It's just a powerful powerful principle I'll never forget growing up my, my dad um, we, I grew up here in Tampa I was at River Hills um, Church across town most of my life and um, in my bedroom the other side of my bedroom wall was my dad's piano and my dad would get up early every morning he'd go in there and the alarm clock was that piano he'd start playing and he'd start singing you know what my dad would sing every morning? Every morning my dad would sing, I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. When God's people didn't humble themselves and call on Jesus, they looked to him expecting as they pray. Then my dad would jump into, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Time to get up, boys. Are you ready for the day? Let's tackle the day, boys. Come on. You know what my dad was doing? I didn't even know it then, but you know what my dad was doing? He was setting our vision for the day. He was saying, you got to see it even before you see it. You got to start walking it, walking it out even before it exists. My dad, my dad was saying, come on, boys. Now it's time to shout like you believe it. It's time to get up out of that bed and, and take the day for Jesus because you're believing that something good is on its way. I'm, I'm going to stop, and um, i got a few more, but I'm going to stop because I believe there's some people who just are ready to receive a miracle. Come on, you ready? Is there anybody in the room you can see it? Come on, stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet all over the room. If you're here today, I'm going to ask the prayer team or prayer workers if they'll just come and stand around the altar because, because I just, I, 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 listen, I don't, I don't raise the, le the elevation on my treadmill for nothing. You know what I'm talking about? And this morning, whenever I was on that treadmill, and when I, when I got to that part about the archaeologist, and I was thinking about, it's as if God did then what he wants to do now, reached on the inside of that great city, the, the promised land, reached into Jericho, and pushed the walls out from the inside. I just, my faith just began to arise. It was at that moment that God began to prepare my heart for you in this moment. And if you're here and you believe that the one that's in you is greater than anything going on around you, now listen, I don't want you to come if you're hopeful. I only want you to come if your faith is at a, at a place that you can say, like Joshua, I can see you've already given me what I'm believing you for. Listen, if God's already said it in his word, it already exists in the spiritual. If he's already said it in his word, that means you can have it. Now, if, if he hasn't said it, you have to talk to him about it but if he said it you already have it you just have to see that it exists even before it exists 
And for some of you, the steps you take to this altar may be your steps around your Jericho. It might be when someone lays hands on you, speaks a scripture over you, says a phrase over you, that to you it sounds like the long blast of the trumpets of the priest. And at that moment, you just shout, I receive! Hallelujah! But I can tell you this, faith is seeing, walking, and praising. And it worked for Israel, and I believe it'll work for you. If you've got that kind of faith in your heart, no hype, just faith. If you need a miracle, you can see it, and you're willing to walk it out, and you're willing to praise him for it like you have it even before you have it. I want to invite you to come to this altar. We're going to pray. We're going to believe for a miracle, whether it be in your marriage, in your finances, in your family, in your physical body, whatever it is. As they sing, I'm going to invite you to come. Don't wait. Don't look around. Don't see who else is coming. Just get out of your seat and come get what's yours. Just come get what's yours in the name of Jesus. Thank you again for joining us for today's message. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and changed your life. If there is anything we can pray with you about, or if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We would love to invite you to be our guest at one of our campuses throughout Tampa for our Sunday service experience. You can find out our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our app on your smartphone and tablets for more online messages and to stay up to date with everything happening at City Life. It was great having you with us today, and we will see you next time.